You're listening to Between Blue Worlds on Open Lines Radio. Follow Angie on Instagram at Between Blue Worlds. Follow Open Lines Radio on Instagram at Open Lines Radio. And be sure to check out Open Lines Radio online at www.openlinesradio.com. Now stay tuned for Between Blue Worlds. Enjoy! Practicing magic in a post-religion society. Post-religion world. Post-religion galaxy. If I were to write a book today, it would be called Practicing... I'm writing it down. Maybe I will. Practicing magic. I don't use the word witchcraft, and I'm even hesitant on magic. Uh, but I guess I'll get into that if I write a book today. <laughs> Practicing magic in a post-religion world, post-religion, using affirmative, believable, Statements to change the world. And I'm being prompted by my brain. Rosalind, I'm getting a prompt in my brain. Brain is a tool. Do you think the brain is like a separate living being or just a tool? Is anything just a tool or is it all separate living beings? Fuck, Rosalind Chapel. That's what I meant to say. Where is that one again? Scotland? Fucking Scotland. Oh, god damn. <clears throat> this podcast is not safe for work. If you have puritanical children who are not used to swearing, it will shock them. Because I use words that have been superstitiously banned due to their connection to sexual behavior. Sex isn't okay for kids. No, not to have. It's okay for them to know about, you fucking dimwits. It's natural shit. But if they know about it, they'll want to do it. Not if you're honest. Let me tell you, most honest stuff about sex makes kids not want to do it. Sex rates are way down. Like, way down. Isn't that weird? I think the 90s was probably a high point, though. Cocaine. 80s and 90s. Where's the cocaine? Sign them up. Give it up their noses. I got offended the other day when I realized no one's ever offered me cocaine. No, really. No one's ever offered me cocaine. Um, I've never done cocaine. I'm trying to think if that's true. I'm pretty sure that's true. Wouldn't you know if you'd done it? Not especially. Um, I uh, was at raves and stuff and when ecstasy was getting going... And my parents were smart. They told me exactly about the drug scene. They told me what to look for. They told me who was going to rip people off. They told me what assholes looked like, what drug dealers looked like. They pointed out people in public. My mom would go, look, there's a prostitute. She still does every time we drive somewhere. And she's not saying it because she hates prostitutes. She's saying it because she's excited to have spotted something that isn't typical. I think her and I both... Oh, I don't know where she stands on legalization of prostitution. But I know she's not anti-prostitutes. I know she didn't want me to be one. Jeffrey Epstein, huh? 
Let me tell you how I almost ended up when I Jeffrey Epstein's girls. No, I don't know where I would have ended up, but I'd like to take a moment to thank my father for offending me greatly, but keeping me safe. Um, I want to thank him immensely for being such a dick about some things. Uh, when I was, oh God, 22, so I guess I was a little old for Epstein, but not for other people. Um, I was a server. I applied to be a server at Bohemian Club, at Bohemian Grove. So if you've never heard of Bohemian Grove, uh, here's the longest podcast you've ever heard in your life. If you've never heard of Bohemian Grove, to sum it up, the area is called... Here's the history, my credentials as to why I describe it this way and my research are because I live, work, and play in the area. I've known a lot of people, so I don't know how much of this is going to match up to Wikipedia or that white website you found or whatever. This is just my personal experience and perspective um, from living right down the road my whole entire goddamn life, along with everybody I know. Um, I've never had anybody go missing out there. I know a lot of people that clean, cook bring food out, work as waiters, all sorts of stuff. So I'll say that. Um, I don't get into my experience out there because I respect their privacy, quite honestly, and I don't super remember what my paperwork said. I know I'm allowed to say that I worked there because I asked them if I'm even allowed to use it as a reference. You know, like, can I say that I worked here? Can I? And they said, oh, yeah, we're not that secretive. We hire off Craigslist, for Christ's sake. That's true. They just hire. At the time, it was out of the newspaper because Craigslist didn't exist. <clears throat> It makes me sound very old. I'm 36 and I'm already so dated. Time's moving so quickly here technology-wise. Moving forward fast. So I got um, immediately hired, um, basically. I think, you know, during my interview, uh, they asked if I would consider, if I had ever heard of or would consider applying at the Bohemian Club. Now, I had a ton of serving experience, so I said, oh, you know, with my experience, they need people at the club. I didn't know the club existed um, at the time, and I looked into it afterwards. It's in San Francisco. Uh, it's called Bohemia, out, the Bohemian Club, because this area uh, was founded, was settled, was occupied after the natives were, I don't know, otherwise removed reading the native stories is interesting because they didn't actually like live out here year round in a lot of the places that are now Bohemian Grove and Bohemian Club or not Bohemian Club that's San Francisco but uh the Corbell Winery is out there and I was a tour guide there and also worked in the tasting room um and uh did their historical tours and Corbells were Bohemian and the club is called the Bohemian Club I can't um think that that's totally separate uh there was they the corbells brought a decent sized bohemian community out there with them the area had already been pretty much cleared out from any sort of native people uh years before this was not until the 1800s uh not that that's not still going on that's going on uh the middle east is just uh if you look up like israeli uh, police removing indigenous peoples. It's pretty heartbreaking. You can find all sorts of stuff to break your heart if you want to. Um, so that's, you know, that's still something that goes on. But out here, um, it was kind of a mix because the Spanish 
Mexican wars had already gone through here. There'd already been a lot of different stuff. And they were on the heels of the gold rush, right before the gold rush. Now I have to do some remembering. We'll look that up later. It doesn't super matter. So the Bohemian Grove started as a place for people who were outside of the religious puritanical communities to get together and talk about ideas and religions and all sorts of stuff that's outside the acceptable realm. This is also how the Cannibal Club started in the 1920s. Um, it was a bunch of anthropologists that got together and wanted to talk about cannibals and incest and you know just explore not physically but even just to discuss that other cultures did it um wasn't acceptable still isn't um in the university circle so they started what was called the cannibal club and it was just a discussion club now out of all these things is where a lot of this epstein stuff has come from um if you actually read up on a lot of his stuff uh, Epstein was trying to live forever. He was very scared of death. So I don't believe he killed himself at all. I, I think he's still alive. I think he's being held hostage. Um, I think... I, I don't know. Looking at it, I think if I was president, what I would have done... And a lot of stuff has followed this so far, which may sound crazy if you're an anti-Trumper. Um... But, you know, hear me out. So what I would have done is if I had, say, known all these people and known this, I would have played the game until I was in a position to be at a more powerful place than they were because you have to be to take them down. Lots of people had tried from lower positions and it wasn't working. There's very few positions higher than where Jeffrey Epstein was. Now, if you look at his 2005 allegations um, that were dropped, uh, the 2005 allegations, the girl that uh, came forward, the young woman said that uh, she was working at the Mar-a-Lago locker room when Epstein's uh, girl, Ghislaine, picked her up. Full disclosure, disclosure, I don't know how to say Ghislaine's name. It's a French name I see every once in a while. I don't know if I'm saying it cor correctly. I haven't looked that up at all. It's G-H-I-S-L-A-I-N-E. She apparently lives in Massachusetts right now and is really reclusive and has been since 2015. But in 2005 and previous to it, she was very much Trump, uh, Trump's, not Trump's. She was Trump's friend. She was also Jeffrey Epstein's woman picking up girls. So this girl was picked up at Mar-a-Lago, which is Trump's resort that he owns. Mar-a-Lago was also the only resort uh, in that area to uh, allow uh, people of other backgrounds that weren't white to be members and also allow Jews. Hmm, you don't think that, that stuff's still going on, but yep, that's what Trump did. So anyways, racist asshole. He did, just did it for money. Yeah, but he fucking did it. At least he did it for a reason. Um, even if that was the reason, which I don't believe at all. Um, because most of the things he stands by, by conventional money, you know, stuff, experts would agree it were, they are bad ideas. But he does them, and because it wins hearts, individually and collectively, people notice. And slowly people are noticing. 
no matter what the media says, he's still being a good person. And that's what I try to teach my kids. And I try to teach myself. Still being a good person, even when the other person's not, is fucking difficult. And sometimes being a good person means having really hard boundaries. And saying, I don't talk to people that talk to me that way. I'll talk to you later when you can talk to me nicely. It's hard to get on these streams. Uh, when you listen to Abraham Hicks or any positive thought stuff, which Abraham Hicks is not positive thought. So I know she's like a poster child for that. But it's just like anything where if you get very far into it, you find out it's not at all what you thought it was. What are you doing? Oh. You want to go outside? Oh, he does not want to go outside today. We drove brother to school. He was thrilled. Got dressed super happy. Loved the car. Totally calm, happy. Just staring at the window. Got home. Could not care less about going outside. Kind of cute. I don't mind. I'm sure we'll be outside after now. This afternoon or something. We're really cultivating our area. Our immediate surroundings, which I think is what Trump is teaching us. Remember when you judge him, when you've decided about him, that he did not run as a Republican initially. He ran as somebody who wanted to get tyranny, conspiracy, and shadow governments out of our government. He wanted to get those authorities out of there that were secretly doing whatever they wanted when the people... The majority wanted them to do other things. How ironic that when he wins, they claim the exact opposite against him. And now you can look up all the voter fraud stuff's coming out, because we're about to vote again, and Trump's not going to let that lie. He knows. So he was in these circles. So this girl in 2005 said she was picked up at the Mar-a-Lago locker room by Ghislaine. Ghislaine told her that she had a client that was very wealthy, would reward her handsomely, didn't use those words, because she wasn't talking to a 45-year-old man. And said, if you just, you just come give him a massage. He just has massages at his house. And in the same thing, um, she explains what happened. What She went to this house. And this has happened to hundreds, if not thousands of girls. Ages, I would say, nine and up. I would go as low as nine. Because that's the Iranian marriage age. Uh, that's the lowest one I've seen. That's a legal marriage age. Um, and I think that Iran holds it for a reason. I think it's for these guys to have somewhere to go. Um, Iran isn't evil. It's been taken over by evil people. Um, so she was picked up at Mar-a-Lago and, and, um, Ghislaine told her, you know, this guy likes massages, blah, blah, blah. So she went to give him a massage and it escalates to the point where she's being paid a lot to be pretty abused by not only Epstein, but friends of his, this Ghislaine woman, all sorts of things. And evil comes in lots of forms and usually it's very persuasive. You have to really know who you are to survive evil, to not participate. Um, it just comes down to how soon do you realize something's wrong and when you realize something was wrong is when it touches on something you care about. So the more things people care about, say, you know, individuals in other countries, the less likely they are to hurt them or go to war with them or do anything that would harm them. Say they really care about their mothers or they really care about their uh, family in general, their siblings, anything, anything helps, right? Keeps people out of evil. 
It's when they don't care or when they're more afraid than they are caring. Um, From her deposition, it sounds like Epstein had a sexual deformity in his genitals that made him have low self-esteem. And this was probably how he filled that void. He was also very interested in becoming a bionic human. Um, He's had escape plans forever. And I thought... I read this about 2005, and I thought, oh, God, was Trump involved? And so I kept reading her witness testimony, and she, they asked her, did you ever see Mr. Trump, Donald Trump, at Epstein's events? And she said no. They said, do you know him to participate in these events? Because she was working in Mar-a-Lago, so they got to ask. And she said no. And then I started paying attention to the dates on other things I saw from Trump and Epstein. And I told my husband, I said, we're going to start seeing, I think I said it on the last podcast too, we're going to start seeing all these people get busted and there's going to be a trend. There's going to be quotes from pre-2012 for sure, but all mostly pre-2005, 2006, when this all came out and he found out how bad the stuff was, remember, guys don't know what their guy friends are really doing in private. Everybody has a perspective and lies about it. I've had to tell guys that their guy friends had done horrendous things, and it's very hard for them to come to grips with. Um, it's hard for any of us uh, to think of anybody we love doing something terrible, but because we have a dissociative order disorder around sexual behavior, because we've separated it, um, it as like a different than family, different than, and it is different than family in that sense, but family, it should be in the conversation and the awareness that that's something adults do um, that is magical and amazing and special and awesome and uh, not cheap or nothing. And it affects you throughout your entire life, every single person you're intimate with. And some people, uh, that means that you should be intimate with a lot of people. Um, some people that means they shouldn't be. It totally depends on your makeup, your purpose, your passion, and how you interact. And there can't be anything you do. Um, how to say this? When we're in alignment, we're in alignment. And sometimes that alignment takes us to places that we know are causing no harm, but they run into rules, puritanical rules that were made. For no real reason. So like, I don't brush my hair. When I was little, I knew hair was alive. I knew I could feel everything in my hair. Um, I knew that I can sense things with my hair. I knew it hurt when it got cut. And I was just told I was wrong enough times that the placebo effect just, you know, there's enough stuff to pay attention to that you just ignore it and you move forward. And I kept dying and perming it and it was dead and Um, Why did I perm my curly hair? Because I wanted a different kind of curls. (laughs) I know. But that's what it was. That's what I wanted. I saved up my money and I went and got it. And it made not any real difference in my hair. But that's okay. I was young. I was like 7th or 8th grade. And I was very sure that all the beauticians were talking shit about me. (laughs) Because I was just hitting that puberty age where it feels like that all the time. Uh, everybody's noticing me age. I tried to watch Britannia last night. And it was about the Romans. 
coming in and taking over the Northern Territories. And I think that uh, this part of history coming forward is going to be really healing. But I know for me, it's brought up, man, a lot of stuff, a lot of genetic trauma. Watching it was almost debilitating. I couldn't turn it off. My whole body was reacting. See, they do a great job of showing how people are convinced to do evil. You know, the Nazis didn't just all get together and say, we hate people that are not Anglo. We, we're going to blame mostly the Jews, but then we also hate everybody else. That's not what happened at all. When you start dissecting the history and reading individual stories, you see exactly how they collectively all came together. How just a series of mistakes made it look like one giant evil. Because once you start wearing uniforms, you go faceless. Right? That's the whole point of Anonymous, using their own weapons against them. You want to go faceless and anonymous? All right, we'll do that. We'll black ops too, right? Now, if you listen to Abraham Hicks, by talking about this stuff, are we creating it or is it already there? Well, I've listened to Abraham Hicks for a long time. I do stuff against their rules too. Why? Because Abraham's a being also. Very insightful one. Um, but sometimes I agree to disagree. I think that uh, <clears throat> that's the whole point, isn't it? I was reading the Palladian agenda. Remember, anytime anything's an agenda, it's an agenda, right? It's a plan that's already in place. It's not something that's occurring naturally. It's a plan, like the Romans taking over the North countries. <laughs> it's a plan. And that could only happen because they started fighting in among themselves. Rome was unable to penetrate. Nobody could penetrate. Um all the Vikings and the Gauls and the Celts. But eventually they started warring so badly between themselves and their alcoholism got so bad, they were weak enough that they were just honestly just not paying attention. There was so much war between them that it weakened everything. And that was hard to watch. Because I think that's what we're going to watch as this shadow government idea falls apart is that there's a lot of very hurt, sick people that were hired into situations they only see a small part of until they find out one little piece and they find out they're actually a part of this huge thing. And I think that's what happened to Donald Trump. I think he found out at one point that he was he was there to have young women that liked him enjoy themselves and enjoy himself. And you can see it. He doesn't enjoy himself when people are in pain around him. And he's not on any of the flight logs except for uh, the really a really early one that was be pre-island, if I understand correctly. Um, all this stuff is really hard to discern. I was totally started laughing the other day because I realized that they call it conspiracy theory, but all of our research, all these people, all of us that talk about this stuff, the paperwork we're using is the governments that's calling us conspiracy. You know, like the ones that are calling us that and saying it's ridiculous. It's their documents and their paperwork that we're finding this out from. Gaslighting. So, what are we doing? Are we creating this? No, we're unraveling it. We're sitting back and relaxing and reminding ourselves that this is what we've created. That we didn't fuck up and end up here. 
that rocks, did you know rocks absorb carbon? Did you know that there are rocks underneath the glaciers? So when those melt, there will be rocks that are gonna be there to accept all the carbon. Look it up, rocks do, they absorb carbon. That's why the glaciers are melting. There's lots of land in the middle of the country we could live in. The world's not overpopulated by any means. It's just hard to hold a slave labor force that's very large. So when we get a lot of people, we can outnumber and then it gets more difficult. So if somebody is in power that's in, interested in holding us into our position, then everything has to stay the same. Status quo. And there has to be not enough to fight back. And God forbid they're armed. Do you know what a privilege it is to live in a nation and in a place where you're allowed to have rights? That's not standard everywhere. Gigi Hadid just got shocked into reality by trying to utilize the police system in Greece. I've heard really terrible things about it and about their animal abuse there. Not that Greece isn't a lovely country or, you know, any of those things. We have it everywhere. But um, having dealt recently with a friend being murdered in Iraq, I, I have noticed the infrastructure... <laughs> of the U.S. is just so phenomenal, and I'm so proud of us. I'm proud of how honest we are. We think we're dishonest. No way, man. There's morals here that just don't exist other places, and I'm not saying we have the best out of everywhere. I think that England's playing the long game, trying to get America back. That's crazy. No, it's not. Fucking read your history books. They just... You know who they just put in the in their royal family? An African-American actress who had said she'd leave the country if Trump became president. Look back through this royal family's history and find me one other African-American who's married into their family. Spoiler alert, there's none. The whole thing. But he, he was just in love with her. Oh, look back on their whole thing. And then go read a read a speech from Google Camp while he's barefoot in Paris while Epstein's in jail. And he's there on all their mega yachts. I see you, Boo Bear. Don't give away your awareness so freely. <laughs> Unravel from where you are. Don't cocoon into the spot you find yourself in. How do you practice magic in a post-religion world? Are we in a post-religion world? I think we're about to be. Because more of us are about to get real fed up with having to deal with your bullshit that's based on nothing. It's not based on nothing. It's based on cumulative human history. That's great. So is human history. Use that instead. We do a lot of pussyfooting around issues and facts with people using... Aww, but we can't climb up there. People using... Dogmatic authority to disallow questioning. You have to respect me. 
People don't even think to question their doctor. And I'm an asshole when I do. You fucking kidding me? Third leading cause of death. Medical malpractice and I'm not supposed to question my doctor? Get the fuck out of here. We're going to start being rude society because we have to. It's a wild west now. You know why? Because we were ostriches with our head in the sand for too long. I stood here shouting. Obama's killing people with drones. The stuff is poisoning us. Your devices are listening to you. And people laughed at me. And I, so maybe I created this. You and me, if you're here, you're part of it too. I can't require you to be listening. So we're in this together. Here we are having created this thing. And what do we do? We can either decide that we have a white supremacist president with absolutely no evidence to that. Besides the headlines claiming it, if you read the whole articles, they don't have any evidence of it either. None, my friends. I offered a reward for one racist quote and nobody had one. All I get is emotional responses and people saying, well, he liked this tweet or whatever, but we can do that with anybody back and forth. Most of what is getting called white nationalist is a lot of white people having no culture. That's why they're shooting up schools. They don't belong. They're being told their whole life that they're the problem, that they're shit, that they don't react correctly, that women are suffering all because of them. Who raised them, women? Huh? Where are you at? You on opioids right now? Are you listening to your kids? Are you home when they get home? Or are you pursuing what you want to do? Are you shocked when they don't feel like they have any value after they haven't created anything real? After they've spent their lives? What? Who am I talking shit to? The part of me that does those things? Of course. So how do we unravel it, Bobby? You want to tell the good people how we unravel these things? We stand proudly in the moment and say, okay, from right here, yep, right here, what are we doing? Tapping our foot, staring at the sunshine, wondering where to go from here. Noticing that we have the first president to ever put openly homosexual state senators into powerful positions. Oh, that was scary. You didn't fall. Look around. Look around. You didn't fall. Yeah. You got to make sure both feet are flat. When you got that one foot up here, that other foot got wonky, huh? How does it feel now? You did it. And now you know how to do it. Now you know. You want to get down? Nope, not yet. Could you tell I wanted you to get down right then? That's what made you fall before? Is it good? Whoa. Yeah, that's a shaky feeling. Can I hold your hand while you do that one? Until you get a hang of it? Yeah, thank you. You know when to hold hands. You know when you need to do it. You smart guy. Don't go that way. Mommy's not over there. Those are mom's head earmuffs for when we go shooting. They're right by the door. Why? Oh, because we took that thing down. Why are owning guns important? Because uh, we can't uh, uninvent the guns and people can make them at home. And we can't ban them internationally. Um, and if people are hurt enough and disenfranchised enough to hurt everybody, they're going to do it. 
And if you read your history books, our government will not last forever. There's just no possible way it can. Very few last more than a few hundred years. And that is terrifying. And that's why you have to be really intelligent and notice that everything is constantly changing and eat right and feel good and make sure there's gas in your car and get organized. It's exhausting. No, it's fucking not. It's fun. It's invigorating. It's what we do if we were playing a game about it. Everybody's sitting on heyday, harvesting. Oh, God, heyday. Thank you, heyday. I'm not even mad. Because you know what it's doing? Just like those video games of hurting other people. It's building a hunger for actually doing those things. There's such a huge movement of people that just want to know. And, and parents who care. And parents who just want their kids to know. And they're so involved. So how do we, how do we stay here and cre- can we uncreate what we've already created? No. We can't ban what's already there. But we can steer the vehicle we're in. We can look at what's on the road. We can create new things that steer those things. So what can we do? Nutrition. Education. Right? That's about the most that we can do. What if we got everybody real high on fruits and vegetables and then see what they can do? What do you think would happen? Every time industrialized nations take over tribal areas, cancer goes through the roof. And all those diseases that spread, they're not accidental. You can read the WHO paperwork. It's on purpose. They invented polio 3 and 4 and then spread it through tribes. It's man-made. It's not hidden. You can read the side effects on these things and then people get mad at me that they exist. I didn't do it. But I think we just established maybe I did. So be mad at me, but give me a minute while I'm fixing it, huh? Give me a minute to fix it. Because yeah. we're working on it. We got a good team. And I know we can do it. I know what we're doing is... Oh, ouchie! Watch out for Holly! Oh, you good girl! That was your leash! He dropped your leash right on you! So that's where we're at. We're in the great undoing. The rewiring. And if we're going to practice any magic, and if we're going to be post-superstition and pro-fact, we have to notice that the two coexist quite neatly, actually. They're not separate. Visualization works. Psychic powers are real. I don't call things witchcraft because that word's just so covered in things. And it always traditionally was evil, and I think it places women as a separate and evil thing and disenfranchises men, but I've never been one with it, so I don't know. I, I did, I got a witch for crap when I was a teenager, and I, I loved everything, and it made perfect sense to me, all the ritual and everything. But I still never called myself a witch, really. My, uh, I call her my cousin, uh, but she's not my biological cousin, just a fantastic family friend. And uh, we, we got really into it. We used to do stuff all the time and get different colors of candles, and this was so far before the craft or any of this stuff. It's funny to see where it's going. Maybe I will write a book today. I'd write an album, but 
Kemia Dawson already wrote it. If you haven't listened to Kemia Dawson, go hear the stuff. She's amazing. All right. I love you all. Go drink your coffee. Go say something nice to somebody. Maybe even say something nice to yourself. Huh? All right. Love you all. This is Angie Jelani. <laughs>